When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing great. Uh, just hanging out here late night, Saturday night, now early morning Sunday. Um, talking baseball, as we always do. And let's get right into it. My, uh, I was off. Uh, I did not. I was not on the show last night. That's how I should put it. Um, and big development: Fernando Tatis suspended for using. Uh, he suspended eighty games for using performance enhancing drugs. Close, close to ball. Close to ball. Close to ball. Um, so. He was trying to say that it was tapeworm or no ringworm, um, ringworm. However, this drug is not even the one that it's used for ringworm. It's something else um, that's spelled very similar, but not the same. Um, Tatis's mom put an Instagram post out trying to show that he had ringworm when it was just like a weird little bruise i guess on the back of his neck um so that whole um, thing well, is, that whole thing is completely invalid by him there is no it's, it's not even close he's way off the mark he completely missed see, the right, why are you so why do you necessarily say it's entirely off the mark because 
that's you're assuming him to have full logical medical decisions at 23 or is it i don't even know i'm making up 23 but when we haven't seen any logical decisions out of this guy ever i I don't know why again i'm not trying to defend him i can defend at least provide a counter here on this excuse because you know close to ball isn't an issue isn't the issue at hand here but trophodermin is a topical yeah medicine which is there for bed sores, burns, surgical wounds, abrasions, erosions, anal fissures, um, basically anything. It's a dermatol. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not dermatolog- dermatological medicine. And so would it really surprise me that much if some family member recommended to him or gave it to him and it wasn't the right thing, but he was just just trying anything for the waiting room. Is that necessarily likely? No. But either way, I mean, yeah, continue, Brennan. No, it's just like, I mean, what Mike Clevenger said was very, you know, it's the truth, but I was shocked to see a teammate just completely speak out like that because we didn't even see any of the Dodger guys say anything about Trevor Bauer's suspension and Mike Clevenger just fully goes in. He must really think Tatis is an asshole, huh? I haven't seen this. Oh, uh, Mike Clevenger, LJ, let me pull up his full quote. They were, they talked to him about Tatis getting, um, suspended and he said at some point you hope he grows up yep and he said and then Manny Machado said we've gotten to this point this year without him so well that 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 relationship has never been good let's start there yeah no last year there was a huge blow up in the dugout uh, LJ, I actually think I can play the audio of Mike Clevenger if you want to hear, because there was more than what I said. If you, that's um, okay. if you think it's if you think it's worth it, otherwise, I think I've I got enough there because it's only like oh, okay, yeah, it was only like twenty seconds, but we that's we can th- move, we can move past it. Um, but that is the general theme here, though, because you know, as much as yeah, he may maybe an asshole, but we have not seen any prior history that necessarily indicates that this could be coming would be coming honestly like again there's really no necessarily jump in numbers this was a very highly regarded prospect that came up and continued to make good on that regard all along passing drug drug tests easily so your options really are two right am i am i missing something it's either he did this by accident and that honestly is a little too likely in so many of these cases that really, you know, as much as they love to suspend guys, we really need to start asking a question in terms of how much education is going into the resources and more so how much of a conversation and mediation is there with the MLB and dealing with all these other countries, because it's fine and dandy to be hyper-focused on you know, 
the, you should be more focused on the United States than other places. When you have all of these guys coming from Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, Mexico, uh, you name it, really, all of these places have, for the most part, looser drug restrictions than the United States in general. And certainly for, from a sports standpoint, from a health supplement standpoint. And so you've got these guys going home and that's half the time where there, I can see a logical explanation for why these guys are getting popped for PEDs. The other answer is also just as immature, which is he thought he could do a little bit of a get rich quick here because, you know, he, he does certainly didn't need it to recover from the wrist. He just, you know, he knew he'd have some time off and he thought it'd be enough time to pass through his system. But I think the other, uh, the former point is much, a much bigger concern of mine is, you know, how many guys have been able to use that as an excuse, whether it is the real reason or not, why hasn't the league gone and made clearer steps or more intentional steps that we know about to bridge that gap and figure out what's going on with all of the, this stuff from an international standpoint. Yeah, well, um, Tatis won't play a single game this year, um, and he'll be out the first 32 games um, of the next season. However, if the Padres make the playoffs, those games count, so it could be less. Um, yeah. Um, also, keep, keep in mind here, Chris Sale has now officially played more games in the 2022 season than Fernando Tatis Jr. Just, you know, keep that in consideration when you're comparing investments. Um, but yeah, I do have one more question for you, Brandon. Yeah. Fernando Tatis, is he still a face of baseball? Will he be a face of baseball? Should he be a face of baseball? No. He, um, I don't think he's going to be because no one was really talking about him. Like for the first few months of the season after we found out he was going to be out, like everyone kind of forgot. Like I'm not going to lie. There wasn't much talk about him because what is there to talk about him? Um, same with, um, I, you know, you look at a guy like Ryan Braun who was supposed to be like the face of the league at that point, or at least the national league, because you had uh, Trout and Miguel Cabrera in the American League, and Ryan Braun was really on a, a torrid pace there for a while. He gets popped for PEDs, um, and then his career, while he was still productive, just went uh, somewhat downhill from there. Um, after he got that weird suspension so you know I don't know um, I just I I don't think that Fernando Tatis just I mean this clearly hurts his public image I feel like a lot of kids looked up to Tatis but um, it, it's just it's it's tough you look at a guy like A-Rod and he's been able to rebuild his his uh, character a lot from what happened with him uh, just because he's 
I mean, he seems like a nice guy and he plays the character of just, you know, being a, a, a great personality on TV. Um, yeah, but- and let's be real on that note too. Let's, I want to make this again very clear. If he was not linked to ESPN in any way, shape, or form, he would probably be regarded as one of the best color analysts in the league. Oh, no doubt. When you can actually, I think a rod is best when he's not doing an actual game, but when he's in the studio, when he has time to sit down and think about exactly what he wants to say when they're talking about certain topics around the league, he really knows what he's talking about. It's just, he says some weird stuff and he can't really put the sentences together fast enough to articulate um, well enough um, when he's doing a game live. Yeah, uh, but to compare, connect the two dots here, the big difference between the two of them and the way that, you know, A-Rod's reputation kind of has been able to bounce back since all of that, A-Rod had his entire career. At the, at the time he was hit, his popularity was already waning, like oh, yeah. well past his prime at that point. And so he'd already been the face of the league, uh, a, a face of the league for ages ahead. And I'm not going to keep going into too many points from yesterday of mine, but I just want to reiterate because it's really aggravating to me because this should have been Fernando Tatis's league. This should have been him, Soto, and Acuna for the next 10 years. And Vladdy. Yeah, Vladdy. Again, Toronto. I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that, no, that, that's, that's all you got to say. That's, it's a valid point that I'd like to discuss at another time too in, in more detail because like I don't I don't understand why he's so quiet and it's I think it's entirely because he is in Canada playing a Mickey Mouse schedule. He's been really good this year too. Um it? but it's just so frustrating to me because he's screwed himself over entirely. It's very hard to recover that type of hype unless there's significant things that happen without what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, without significant things happen, when you lose over a season, and as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to go ahead and call it two years. Because as much as he was back, when he came back in late July, August last year, starts playing right field for the Padres, and the whole collapse comes through, he wasn't the same player that he was playing short. He wasn't the same player that he was early on in the season. Even if the offensive numbers were still good, it didn't feel the same, and no one really cared. All of a sudden, you get back this year, the hype is starting to ramp back up for, for Fernando Tatis. He's back at sh- supposed to be back at short, and then he gets hit with the injury and now the suspension. It's going to be two years since people have really gotten to board the hype train on Fernando Tatis. It's very hard to recover from that long, long a period of time. You're not going to see a situation where there's extenuating circumstances for Acuna where, you know, this guy goes down and you think it's the disaster that destroys the Braves' season. They go out and win against all odds without him, and still everybody's still welcoming him back with open arms as they should. But then all of a sudden, when the team sorely needs him, he becomes the breath of fresh air that kicks off their run this season. 
So, you know, that's a one year. Now you've got Fernando Tatis two years out of the spotlight. And you couple that with the fact that he can't be the face of the league, shouldn't be the face of the league, because he's the perfect example of how bad decisions can lead to disastrous stuff. You know, you can't look at any part of his history, his injuries, his missed time, and not point to him as being the root cause. Every single, single thing goes back to one of his decisions, and that can't be something that the league, that can't be the type of person that the league is promoting, that clearly isn't going to be the type of person that the Padres want to be promoting, because frankly, would you, yes, it's a matter of baseball moves too, but I can't imagine that it isn't at least a thought about the fact that, you know, if Fernando Tatis doesn't grow up sooner rather than later, because I'm sure the Padres have had more issues with him than the media has led on to. I'd much rather have Juan Soto as the face of the franchise. If I'm going to have both have him to be the guy that we really market and develop because you know, the characters there at this point, like there's no questions about Juan Soto's character. So, you know, all of this, it's just, he, he's destroyed being at the pin, at the top of the world, at the top of the league, all on his own. Well, and something really interesting I just uh, noticed. So, of course, his rookie year in 2019, um, he only plays 84 games. He goes down with an injury. He, he'd been battling injuries pretty much the whole year. He missed the whole month of May. Um, finally came back, played all the way through June, all the way through July, all the way, and then got into August. LJ, on August 13th, 2019 is the day he got hurt in the game um, and was out for the rest of that season. August 12th, 2022 is the day that he gets suspended. Um, So three years almost to the exact day where he has a season-ending injury and now um, the 80-game suspension. And not to overblow his ability to control this stuff, but there's not a single person who you who will look at Fernando Tatis' game and not say that he did play it very reckless. And like it or not, that is a decision that affects a lot of people. Will it make you look good? Yes. Will it, from a metric standpoint, help the team? Yes. But at the end of the day, your team is best served when you're a star. And a lot of other guys around the league have seen this. You know, the guys like even, even to a lesser extent, a Whit Merrifield when he was good or Xander Bogarts, Mike Trout before everything went to hell with him. Um, these guys all, they made the proper business decisions on the field in order to keep themselves out there for more games because they realize their cumulative effect by staying out and playing more games Glad is greater he... than the added effect of playing less games. Yeah. Glad That's a choice he... that Fernando Tatis made. And I mean... You could argue that like, or and if you wanted to separate players into those two camps, I would put like early career Bryce Harper 
he was exactly yep. like Fernando Tatis right now. Exactly. So reckless. And Harper realized you cannot play like that every single win. day or else you're just going to get injured. It's just going to happen. And, and you can't play like that if you want to win. You know, yeah. this is a guy who – and he's gone around. He's even turned around, I think, in terms of his ability to fight off injuries too with you see the amount of ways he tries to stay in the lineup time and time again in Philly. I mean, it's all about bringing a championship back to Washington. For that guy. Unbelievable stuff. All right, well. Where do we want to go next? Let's talk about the Yanks-Red Sox game tonight. I was at work, didn't watch a single pitch, but I didn't have to because tonight Isaiah Kiner Palefa showed the world that he is actually can hit for power, baby. First home run of the season. LJ, this guy, first of all, I, I feel like I haven't stated enough how much I dislike Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Not only has, is he blocking um, John Boy Media because they were uh, being a little, you know, giving a little criticism on his play, which includes an 80 OPS plus this year. Um, That's my- always a bad sign. Let's start there. The fact that, you know, you can't be, you can't last in a big market if you can't take the more boisterous members of the media. Like, I'm talking again, like Boston. Like, exactly. Like, again, <laughs> David Price was doing the same stuff. Garrett Richards did the same stuff at the beginning of his tenure last year. During the like first couple months, all of a sudden he started to warm back into it and said, "All right, we got. I got to kind of give these guys a shot because if I don't, it's just going to make my life more, more and more miserable." That's exactly what it does. So not only he has an eighty OPS plus, a two sixty five batting average. So that must be good, LJ, right? He has a two sixty five batting average. Well, it's a three ten on base percentage. Um, and a 311 slugging, so yikes! There, um, dude just hit singles first homer of the year. He had 378 plate appearances heading into the season. He takes Cutter Crawford deep, who actually looks like pitched very well tonight. Um, Frankie Montas, second start for the Yankees. He, um, five innings, two earned runs, four Ks. Uh, two walks, uh, two earned. Not bad. Um, yeah. So I can yeah, three for four with three RBIs. Carries has the big hit in the top of the ninth inning off of John Schreiber. Um, and yeah, I cannot believe IKF just carried us to a win. Um. Yeah, I I don't really even again. There's there's no Red Sox angle to this game. There's no Red Sox angle to any of these games. Um, but the Yankees angle right now, the way they are managing this team, it aggravates me, but I also think it's the most interesting story to, to be following right now. And it, it actually the- is on a day by day basis. There is nothing more intriguing than what the Yankees are doing, where they are completely punting 
an entire month of the season. Which, again, mark my words, I know, I'm sure you're able to, are you trying to defend it at all? I, could, I couldn't get no, a read No, 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 no. There is no defending, especially when you have two guys who are going to be on the playoff roster in Ron Marinaccio and Clark Schmidt in AAA right now because you don't want to DFA Albert Abreu, who you've already DFA'd. He's played for three teams this year. You already DFA'd him a few years ago, and then you traded him away this year. So there's no reason why you need to keep him on the team. And if you really want to keep him, well, he must be super valuable and good for us, right? Well, what if I told you like three or four losses we've had over the past two weeks have been because Albert Abreu came in the game in a situation where Ron Marinaccio or Clark Schmidt would have come in the game and gave up runs. Like, it's unbelievable just some of the stuff that we do. It's so frustrating on a day-by-day basis. Like, you can't – it's almost like we get to August every year, and it's the same stuff every year. I don't get it, LJ. I will never understand why the Yankees do stuff like this. They just – they they want to think outside the box so so much. The Dod- and I can see what's happening too. The Dodgers because- don't do any of this shit. They don't do any of this. They just put out their best lineup every day. And sometimes it's bad players, but that's because they have injuries. But they don't intentionally leave guys in AAA who are who've been elite. It it doesn't work. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work, and it's just – it's amazing to watch as they're – the system that they've created, I honestly almost feel like practically proven at this point, if just – if only by logic, that's going to kill the best parts of this team, which is the pitching staff. You know, no matter what – say what you want about the lineup, solid, solid group, this team is built around its pitching, and you're either giving – Telling these guys we don't care about this part of the season and making them completely lose their edge, or you're telling them nothing and making these moves without communicating the vision to the team, and that's just going to make a whole bunch of uncertainty and trust issues throughout the whole group. That's why you're seeing this te- this particularly the bullpen, the spot that this team hung their hat all year for the last several years has been probably the worst in the league since the All-Star break. You know, you can you can look at a lot of spots. Clay Holmes has been at the worst point of the season by far over the last, what would, it, what would it even be, last three weeks? I think it's honestly, after seeing that we let Chapman go four outs tonight, he might he might have the closer job back. Holmes has been... Holmes has blown a lot of games lately. It's been bad. It's been really bad. It's just, again, you let these guys get cold because you don't care and you're telling them you don't care about these games. These guys aren't going to be in their best form. I will also not never campaign for Chapman necessarily getting the job back in full. I don't see a reason for them to do anything other than ride the hot hand for the rest of the season. I think Scott Efros has a chance to to maybe get – Get a, get a little run or maybe a little Lou Trevino, maybe. All right, uh, pump the brakes on Lou Trevino, but I'm totally fine with Scott Efros. I'm fine with anybody. At this point, this 
bullpen in New York is too talented that, to not run this way until Clay Holmes wins the job back, like proves he's ready to go because long-term, you know, you do need a full-time closer. Just give that ninth inning to the hottest guy at the time and ride that hot hand till it ends and find another guy because you've got plenty of dogs there that can do it. But the other thing I'm really interested in about the Yankees, part of what's making this group the most interesting team in baseball is Frankie Montas. And I was looking forward to this matchup because the last time he was out there went horribly. And I'm not going to act like I'm a huge fan of Frankie Montas, but this whole thing feeds into two storylines. One, the fact that I'm pretty, I'm generally concerned about these guys that go from small markets to New York, because it seems more so than ever before. It's not working. They're not able to make that adjustment and it just ends in disaster. You look at Joey Gallo, you look at Isaiah Kiner, Falefa, you could easily end up looking at Frankie Montas. I don't think the Sonny book... Gray, Lance Sonny Lynn. Gray. Yep. Lance Lynn. The, the jury is still out on Frankie Montas. I'm As much as I wasn't going to condemn him on the first start, I'm not going to praise him on the second start because, you know, there's a lot more to what his Yankees career is going to turn into. But at the end of the day, if he is nothing less than a stud, this feeds into another storyline, which is the Yankees always choosing the second option. Can you imagine if this team doesn't win? Frankie Montas is a significant reason why. And as much as it looks like a good deal, it's still not the best deal they had because this team had been linked and talking with the Reds about Luis Castillo for the last two years, and they could not get a deal done. I'm not a Luis Castillo fan, but I still think that's the better option. No, I know. It's, so again, it's, that it's that just makes uh, that's just the stakes go, here. We just mm-hmm. go for the second option in everything. We go for. It, I don't. I don't even want to get into it. It's so dumb. No, I, and we don't have to get into it. I'm just saying that's what makes this team so interesting. That's what makes this the stakes on the Frankie Montas success in New York so large and brian cashman's job security is literally like it is so insanely secure that for anyone that says oh fire cashman (laughs) you are so hilarious for thinking that he will never ever 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 get fired i can almost like we would have to the yankees would have to completely completely fall apart for some for him to ever get fired if we keep making the playoffs and we keep making money which let me tell you is going to happen the yankees will continue to be a cash cow he will be the gm and i think you know another guy to bring up in this whole conversation of small market guys struggling with new york i'm gonna throw josh donaldson in here for one reason, and that's because Atlanta's the exception to big market baseball rule. Like, there's a big difference, or at least I should say, there's a big difference between the two Northeast big market regions and the way that 
Europe received the, the treatment from fans and media is much more harsh and much more critical in New York and Boston than it is anywhere else. Like even compared to LA, but that's because LA, no one cares about anything. Um, but the Braves are just generally seem to be a happy, look, happy-go-lucky fan base to an extent. So, you know, if you disappoint, you're not going to necessarily get beaten up as bad there. But he also very clearly immediately had success. And immediately was turning things around when during his time in Atlanta. That was the resurgence of his career and all. So, like, I'm not necessarily going to count that in as being, like, him failing there, but this could honestly be called a failure going from Minnesota to New York in seeing this dramatic drop in production. Also, am I forgetting the history wrong? Because generally, he does seem to have a dip, relative dip in numbers. If he'd, I mean, yeah, 2018 was pretty bad, but like 2017 to well, no, the Indians in 2018, he really turned it on and then he got hurt. He only played 52 games in 2018. Yeah. Exactly my my point. So maybe, again, big market already proven. I don't know. I just feel like this is something the Yankees should be monitoring when they're considering these guys and that, you know, if your player pool is more limited, so be it, but you can't keep trotting out these mistakes. LJ, I just – so Josh Donaldson is traded by Toronto – to the Indians for a player to be named later, right? Oh, no. Who is the player to be named later? Julian Merriweather. You're kidding. No, I'm serious. And they didn't – so he got traded at the trade deadline August 31st, 2018, and they didn't send Julian Merriweather till October 5th, 2018. He's been bad this year, Julian Merriweather, actually. Yeah, but again, well, that's a, actually a really good strikeout to walk ratio. But it looks like he just has a bat finder. He's throwing that. Lots he's throwing that good old bat finder. Lots of hits. Eleven point three hits per nine. Not good. Not good. Look, everyone needs a guy to come in in those awkward situations where you don't know if you're in the game, you don't know if you're out of the game, and they need some. You need somebody to promptly take you out of the game. That fill that's the role that Julian Merriweather fills. That's the role that Matt Barnes will one day fill when he comes back from the IL. But yeah, Yankees win three two. Um, tomorrow's pitching matchup, yeah, it's Sunday night baseball. Of course, I'm gonna be at work. Will not be watching. Jameson Tyone against Michael Waka. Fun. (laughs) the other big series that we should at least touch on um brewers and cardinals Mm -hmm. cardinals won on friday um brewers won today in extras brewers did win today in extras they squeaked it out um and the rubber game tomorrow the pitching matchup will be Aaron Ashby against Miles Michaelis. Uh, so also we need to talk about again, we need to spend a lot more time on St. Louis one of these days. 
and just do it. Just the bad. NL Central or like these two teams in general. Because Adam Wainwright's casually doing once again his best Joey Votto impression and just starting to throw throwing gems specifically late this season. He is – how is his arm all right at this point? I don't get it, but again, so many nine innings, three game. hits, basically one mistake to Luis Urias is the difference in this game between him having a complete game shutout with eight Ks. The fact, the fact that they just let him go, like he, he's probably like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You're not going to take me out until like my arm is literally like hanging down, like off, like I can't pick my arm up. They just start I all the mound him. visits are just they start making mound visits regularly, not to warm up a pitcher. Just they just keep going out there and asking, "Are you sure? <laughs> are you sure you're good?" It's just the consistency for his whole career with him. Like, yeah, there's been a few years where he was hurt, but you look at like some of those peak years, like late late two thousands, early twenty tens. Like wow, he he was he was if a fork. Take if you take out those couple rough stretches where again that mid thirties still figuring, still making the adjustment period for this guy. I'm trying to pull it together. Sorry, you know he did um, he did have a couple clunkers of seasons, but he could have retired him- after age thirty six. Honestly, like. And of course, let me skip dates. Um, things baseball reference, but no, I mean, yeah, you're right. He could have t- retired after age 36, and no one would have said boo. Everyone was, would have said it's a great career. But this is a guy with a 2.97 career ERA from 2006 to 2015, and a. I hate this. I hate this site so much. You hate a, baseball reference. It's driving me nuts today, Brandon. You have no idea. 319 cents. So you're talking about a three ERA guy for his career when you take out, you know, an era where era that I think every single major league pitcher struggles a little bit at that point in time. Mm. Their career. So yeah, you gotta take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, certainly for this guy. But, yeah, I mean, a huge series between these two teams is there. What is the standings at right now? Let me pull it up. We can pull it up. Will we pull it up? That's the question. So, oh, while I'm pulling it up, the Dodgers won their 12th straight game. Um, Yes, I wanted to save that for tomorrow. Okay. Um, So, as of right now, heading into that rubber game Sunday St. Louis is up by a half game yes so if you don't mind me I want to see when they play again after this um you can while I look you can talk about whatever they play August or September 13th and 14th in a two-game series in St. Louis. And that's it. 
at the end of the day, I still see St. Louis as the team that's coming out of this division. No matter what happens in this series, because, you know, a sweep might have made things different, but I feel like this team is almost too hot to get majorly or had been too hot to get majorly affected by all of this. You know, they're, what are they, 500 this week? They're 500 this week. You drop this next game to the Brewers. I still think the momentum they've had going and the way their numbers have still been really, really good of late will carry them through and all of a sudden they're, you know, they're right back on the bump. I, I see it much more likely that the Brewers will fall off again before the end of the season than I do the Cardinals. Yeah. Well, all right. Anything else that we want to add today or? I think we're all good. All set. All right. Thank you for listening. Check us out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. We'll see you. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Winner.